Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, it's interesting, that whole thing of everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. I would say there's a lot of things in there that feel really like far out. Anybody read that list and there are things way outside your, your comfort zone or your normal experience? Or all, are you, that's just a checklist. You're like, yeah, I did that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like you know, praise, silence the enemy. Uh, but everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. Anybody got that going on full blast yet? <laughs> so, but here's the funny thing is, do you know why, you know, James says it this way, you have not because you ask not, but I would also say we have not because we step out not. And so uh, we were having uh, lunch with Marina, uh, whenever that was, Wednesday, Thursday, I can't tell, and we were at first watch and I kept seeing our waitress go by and the Lord just kept highlighting her feet, not because there was anything about her feet, I was, <laughs> um, but um, and I was like, and I had, I had just met and chatted with this lady before, but I didn't know her at all. And, uh, and, and I kept, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pray for her. And, and she just, I couldn't, I couldn't see her again. She disappeared. So I went to go pay, and I was like, ugh. And as I'm paying, I just felt like God was highlighting just the ear. I was frustrated that I hadn't been able to find this lady. And so I, he, I felt like he was highlighting the, the cashier's ears. And I was like, not that, again, not that there was anything about her ears. It was so gentle, so soft. You know, anybody here found that the voice of God is gentle and soft and easy to dismiss? Do you know how you discover it was the voice of God? You step out. You know, the waves looked really rough until Peter stepped out of the boat. And so I was like, uh, well, uh, she's, a, I guess, a college-age student. And I said, hey, kind of strange, but... Um, do you, uh, do your ears hurt? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I've just got really bad pressure in them. I said, oh, so now I'm encouraged. Anybody know you like step out and you get a little bit like, oh, I'm encouraged. I said, well, that's kind of weird because sometimes I feel like Jesus shows me what he wants to heal. And could I pray for you? And she goes, yeah. I said, what's your name, Jade? And I, I, so I prayed for her and I said, hey, and you know, her eyes are kind of like, and, and you don't know, is that like stranger danger or, or Jesus kind of thing? And I was like, I was, she goes, yeah. And so I prayed for her right there, the cashier stand. And, and I said, are your ears any better? She said, yes, but also, and she shows me her arm. Her arm is covered in goosebumps. She's like, oh, and I said, that's Jesus loving you. And then I was an idiot and I ran off. I was so excited. I just ran off. I literally, I didn't know what to do. I just went, ah, I was like so excited. I wanted to go tell Masha. But then I ran into the lady I'd first been looking for. And I said, hey, kind of funny, uh, but do your feet hurt? She's like, yes, they do. Actually, all of me does. I said, well, can I pray for you? Because, you know, same deal. She goes, sure. I prayed for her. I said, how are your feet? She said, they're great. But you can see she's starting to cry. Masha walks up and begins to give her a prophetic word. She's crying. It's this amazing encounter. And I realized this thing. I don't sense the presence of God till I step in. If I wait for the presence of God, I won't find the presence of God. But if I'll listen to the still small voice and step in, he will show up. And do you know what? Suddenly, I was deeply encouraged. 
I was so full of joy and hope. I was like, woo, I'm ready for anything. You know, bring on the Philistines. I don't care. Many of us are looking to be encouraged in the area of our deepest struggle. God's trying to encourage us over here. But we're like, no, it's so hard. We were talking about he's a way maker. And every single one of us, we have an area. We're like, not there. He ain't. Two of us. Okay, three. I see that finger. Your people are like, <laughs> right? No, but every single one of us has an area. And so we're like, I can't step out until then. Anybody? But many times he says, trust me that I'm good for that area. Now follow me here. And uh, someday I'll figure that out. But that was a good day. That was a good day. Don't get it twisted. That was a good day. I want that to be my every day, but that was a good day. All right. Well, listen, Masha preached this powerful message last week on receiving. That if you can't receive, right, you have nothing to give. But you can't. God can only give us. We can only receive if we have an openness, right? We have space to receive. But I realize there's another issue with, how, uh, with receiving. And so if you guys got Bibles, and yes, you do get points that are redeemable somewhere. If, uh, if fit, flip open to Matthew chapter 16. Because you can't receive what you don't value. So let's, let's roll here. <clears throat> this is toward the end of Jesus' ministry. He's been ministering for three years all over the place. What kind of things did Jesus do when he went out ministering? Healed the sick? Raised the dead? Minor details? Cast out demons? What? Anything else? Preach? Open the eyes of the blind? Cut down the religious leaders? Multiplied food? Like, and he, and he preached like they said, like nobody had ever preached before. Like, this is all pretty good stuff. So Jesus says, okay, they have enough data. Verse 13, it says, uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Now, the son of man is a term he used for himself, which was super sneaky. Because it refers to the book of Ezekiel where Ezekiel uses the term son of man to refer to himself, but then it has this phrase towards the end of the book where it says, and I saw one like a son of man who was, who was the Messiah. It was Jesus come in the flesh. So when Jesus said, I'm the son of man, am I the son of man or am I the son of man, right? Anyway, and so they replied, some say, what? It's up there. John the Baptist. We make these easy. Just, just so you know. So what, some say John the Baptist. John the Baptist. What, so, okay, this is really kind of funny because John the Baptist is what at this point? Beheaded. Dead. <laughs> like, like anybody, like you see a conspiracy theory online and you're like, like it doesn't match up. Like literally, you know, like uh, what is it? Uh, um, what is it? The guy who plays uh, Harry Potter and the guy uh, who is uh, uh, Bill, uh, huh? Oh, I can't say him. Yeah, Elijah Wood and, uh, and anyway, those two guys are not the same because they've never been in the same room. Whatever, John the Baptist. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right, so some say John the Baptist. What do other people say? Elijah. Also, so there's a, a prophecy in, in Malachi that Elijah will come back because you remember Elijah went away in a, in a chariot of glory, right? 
So they're like, he's Elijah, come back. What do other people say? Jeremiah died. They've really got this for dead people. I don't know what the deal is. Like he was so good, he's breaking all their boxes or one of the prophets, right? Well, let's keep going. But what do you say, right? Now notice all the people who said all those things are not here right now. Only the people who followed him, his disciples are still there. And what do they say? You're the Messiah, the Messiah, the son of God. So interesting, right? All these people, they came to Jesus and many of them got what they wanted, right? What did, they got healing. They got a free lunch. They got revelation, right? And yet they went home unchanged. But there were those who, who, who gave up everything to follow him who found him to be what? The Messiah, the Son of God. Hold that thought. But it didn't always go so well for Jesus. So if you guys want to flip over to Mark chapter 6, just a few pages forward in your Bibles, we have Jesus going back to his hometown. Now, this is preparatory for some of you all going back for Thanksgiving. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, like, you go home, and you might be 45, but they treat you like you're six again. Some of you are like, I'm 75, and they still treat me like six, right? Why does that happen? That's how they know you what? Because you're in their house, right? That's how they know you. They don't know you no different. Why don't they know you no different? You've been growing up for a while now. You haven't been walking together? Okay, here. Anybody have anybody in your life you've been walking together and they still don't know you different than you, you've changed and they don't know you any different? They don't, they don't want to know you different. Okay, so listen, let me ask you a question. Was Jesus perfect without sin? Okay, good. Let's roll with this then. All right, chapter six, verse one. Jesus left there and he went to his hometown. Oh no, has it come to that? And he accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Anybody here amazed people? They're like, when did you get so smart? Right? Amazed them. And this is, this is what they asked. They asked six questions. Somebody want to read the first question? Where did this man get these Why are they asking where did he get these things, do you think? These are these things are the smart things he's saying. Huh? Curiosity? Jealous? Disbelief? They were in school with him. I saw your grades. You ain't that smart. Come on. What about number two? Whoa. 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 They were seeing something come out of him that they'd never seen before. All right. Number three? Okay, guys, I don't know about you, but that's kind of obvious. Why are they struggling with these remarkable miracles? Never seen them before? Why didn't you do that when we were together? Right? No, anybody? Like, or, or, who are my people? 
I think they're faking. Right? Oh, only me? All right. What about number four? Come on. Isn't he the carpenter? What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? What do you guys think? You guys are quiet. Just like everybody else. By the way, that carpenter is really construction worker. They were building a massive city, Greek city nearby, and it was it was wood and stone worker. He was a he was a he was just dude. You just a dude. Who here has been just labeled just a dude? Ladies, don't raise your hand. No, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? You just, who are you? You're just that guy. Number five. Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? What does that have to do with anything? What do you think? Because lineage meant something. Lineage meant something. Who here? You have, uh, you are, uh, how shall I say it? You're painted with the same brush that your family has. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, we know who you is. Uh-huh. We know what you're like, right? Anybody grow up in the shadow of a sibling and you were just that, like, you were never seen. They were like, oh, you're like so-and-so. Yeah, he wasn't a Levite? No, it probably didn't matter. But he wasn't from the good side of town and he wasn't from the right family. And he, yes, for sure. What, and number six, this is my favorite. Aren't his sisters still here? Okay, I need you guys to be creative. Come on, ladies. Why would it matter that his sisters were there? They weren't married off. They weren't married off, so he wasn't doing a very good job in that way. What else? Huh? <laughs> I have never known that to happen with ladies. Bill, sister. Wow. We've heard all of it. I, do you remember when he ran through, the, through the, the village in his diaper? Oh, my goodness. Jesus was perfect without sin, and this is what happened. Is there any hope for any of us? No. So, why, so all of this list, and what does it say they did because of it? Took offense. So what does it mean to take offense? Treat him as worthless? Treat him as worthless? Be, offended. Be offended? Get angry? Get angry? Let me ask you this. If I'm offended at you, what do I think of you? Less than? Positive. Nothing positive? Can I receive anything from you if I'm offended at you? No, you can't do anything. You can't do it. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. Woo! Yeah, because he's moved on and they haven't. Right? Right? That's so true. Uh, you can't raise my social status. Come on. That offense is a big deal because that offense reveals the lies that I believe. doesn't tell me much about them, but it tells me a lot about me. Anybody here gotten offended at someone and you just started rehearsing all the reasons why you didn't have to listen to them? You know why we like online relationships over face-to-face -face relationships? Just for a minute. Just for a minute, what? There's no mirror. There's no mirror. 
They don't, they don't have to see me. They don't show me anything. And by the way, they look dang good without pants on from here up, right? Like they look good because I don't actually see them. I can't be offended at them. You guys remember the story in the Bible, Noah, Noah. Okay, God used him to save how much of the world? The whole world. We're here because of Noah. That, I mean, I don't know about you, but if that was on my CV, I'd be like pretty proud. Deal with it. At the very least, he saved his boys. But a little bit later, he discovered the hooch. The booze. He made himself some wine. And apparently liked it a little bit. And got hammered, pasted, drunk, and ended up naked. That's pretty, I grew up in a small town. That's possible. Just so you know, that's possible. That's pretty drunk. And one son comes in and goes, and brings the other brothers to gaze at, to, to see their buck naked dad. And the other two brothers go, oh. Anyway. And they backed up and they covered him up. Love covers a multitude of sins. Noah was not perfect. But because Ham rejected his father, he couldn't receive from his father. His father was imperfect. Are any of us perfect? Here's the bad thing. Who here, you want to receive directly from Jesus? Two of us? Why do we prefer to receive directly from Jesus than from other people? What's that? We know it to be the truth? This is getting awkward. I'll just keep moving. You, just, you guys work on yourselves. All right, so they took offense at him, right? They're offended at him. So what happens? This is God of the universe with skin on. It said, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house. And he could, remember, this is God. God, the, the all-powerful one, could not do what? could not do many miracle, any miracles there except to lay hands on a few sick people. I don't know about you, that's a good day, right? Just, normally I'd raise the dead for y'all, but just today, just a few sick people, right, he, and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. God with skin on what, that they'd been waiting for for hundreds of years was there in front of him, and they missed it. Who do, do you think there were any people there who needed what Jesus had? All of them. Do you think any of them had been waiting days, years, decades for that breakthrough? And they couldn't get it. Why? Because they took offense. Could the breakthrough, Masha talked about Jesus coming from your blind spot. This is it. This is the breakthrough. This is where it's coming from. And he comes, hey, coming from a totally different... Could the breakthrough you need be in the mouth of the person you least value? And the person you least value is the person who's in your life. Now, this word honor, do you know what? We talked in a long time ago about this, but this word honor in the Old Testament means this, to weigh something accurately. 
to get the accurate weight of something. In other words, because they would have fake measures in the marketplace. Like you'd be trying to buy a pound of flour and they would use a fake weight that would only be a half pound, but it would say it's a full pound. And so you're paying full price for a half pound. Honor means to agree with who someone actually is. Now here's my question. Who determines the value of something? The creator. But what do we do on a regular basis? We reevaluate. Who are my people? You're like, you're like, it's okay. I'll do the stickers. I'll do the price stickers for, for life, you know. You're 50 cents. You're a buck 50. You're three. Who are my people? You have the gift of judgment and discernment where you just put values on everything. Only me? You can join me. No. But you know what I'm doing when I'm doing that? I am doing what? I, it said man judges on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Anybody here want to be different than your history? You may be in the wrong place. Listen, if you're like, no, it's downhill from here. <laughs> I'm as good as it gets. Right? No, every one of us wants to grow, wants to be better, wants what has been in the past to be in the past and to be different. Anybody ever had felt like you've changed, but people still treat you the way you used to be? See, honor, the reason why we like online relationships and online podcasts and online everything is because we haven't had a chance to be offended at the person in front of us. But if we lived with them, give me five minutes. Is there any BO that comes through this, uh, the, the, the internet? There's no BO. You Ladies, you don't know if that man bathes or not. <laughs> But it gets worse, actually. This story is worse. Do you know what happens to Jesus? I, I love, this is like the censored version. Because over Luke, we get the full meal deal. Over in Luke chapter 4, verse 28, he says, All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this, and they got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off. Okay, that just passed offense by a million miles. Anybody know the rage that comes from judgment? Where you begin to judge and it builds into rage in your heart? Come on. To judge others. Where you get so angry at them. How dare they? that they attempted to kill the Son of Man early. Wow. Not only did they reject him, they tried to kill him. Could it be that we are often attempting to slaughter the very people God has put in our lives for our benefit with our judgment and our words? I'll be honest, I was hesitant to bring this message because... First and foremost, this may come as a shock, I'm not perfect. 
but I'm really not perfect in this. I stand before you and I confess I have judged people with my words. I'm sorry, as a prayer request. Come, let us reason together. I have judged people to protect myself. I've judged people, well, they rejected me first. But you know, one of the things I realized, one of the most terrifying mirrors that Jill talked about is our kids. Anybody heard something come out of the mouth of your child that came out of yours first? Or out of an employee? Someone in your environment that you spoke it out and it came out of them? You know, we cannot expect those God has given us to honor others if we do not honor them first. If we feel it is our, I, I, I grew up at a kitchen table where every Sunday there was a breakdown of what went wrong in the service. You know, just an evaluation. It was Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up. You know, I don't know. He was kind of off his game today, blah, 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 blah. How do you feel when you're around people who are critical of other people? Unsafe. Why unsafe? If, ding, ding, ding. So if you weren't hearing that, you should sit further up to the front. But no, but what, what Artie was saying was, I feel, it makes me feel unsafe because if they're talking like that about other people, then they are talking about me too. Whose biggest fear is having people talk about you and to run down your character? Who are my people? Do you know what we often do is the very thing we fear the most? And then we're unable to receive from the very people God put in our lives. Now, I'm a verbal processor. Who are my verbal processors? So I feel like it's okay for me <laughs> to verbally process how messed up they are. Can I afford to think about you in a way that's different than how Jesus thinks about you? Something the Lord really put on my heart um, this, um, this last week was uh, Psalm 3. It says, how many are my foes? You guys remember David? David was like this amazing king. He was absolutely perfect in all his ways. <laughs> right? He took a nation from absolute slaves into power, the, one of the most rich, powerful nations on earth in one generation. That's pretty good. There were a few problems, though. Anybody? Give me a problem. Bathsheba. So there was this moment where I like saw my buddy's girl and I decided I would get busy with her. And then we found out and she was pregnant. So then we had him killed. I grew up in Kentucky and that's impressive, right? Like that's, that's high level stuff, but it, it actually gets worse. You know, he has a, one of his daughters is raped by one of his sons. He doesn't do anything about it. Then the other son kills that brother. 
It's getting worse. And that brother who, who brought justice for his sister says, you're not worthy, David, to be my king, to be my dad. And he t- tries to take over the kingdom and drives David out. And David is on the run from his son Absalom at this point. And the Psalm 3 is written at that point, and he says, oh, how many are my foes? Do you think he deserved these foes? I, anybody here? Like, I think he just, like he, like he like wrote the script, handed it to him. I don't deserve to be king. I'm too screwed up. I'm too messed up. Because one of the things that happens when I judge others is that judgment begins to fall on me. And I can't fulfill the call of God on my life if I am judging you and I'm allowing God, I'm judging myself. Because I'm also not agreeing with who God says I am. And he says, I, I, how many are my foes? But God is, he's a fortress around me. But I lie down and sleep and I wake again because the Lord protects me. I'm not going to defend myself against my foes. I'm not going to prejudge them. Who are my people? You feel judged, so you prejudge. You know, a little, just extra. Well, they don't deserve to say anything about me. They're evil, incarnate. But David says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again. Let God be my defender. God be my defender. I'm not going to agree with their judgment of me. Just Jesus. And there's this thing that happens when I quit judging others, I get free of judgment myself. When I quit holding other people captive to their past behaviors, to their lowest point, I actually get free to live beyond my lowest point too. Anybody want people to cheer for you to be who you are on your best day? Then what about, what if we were those people? Anybody here not want to be held to the standard of your lowest day? Then how about we be those people? Because, and this goes back to Masha's point last week, because I promise you, God in his infinite wisdom put what you need in the mouth of the person you least value. How do I know? Just ask me. No, really. No, go ahead. Because one of the things the Lord put on my heart, he said, Peter, you have people in your life who've ghosted you. Who are my people? You know what I'm talking about? Like people just ghosted you. What do you feel like when you're ghosted by people? Dissed? Worthless? Rejected? There's something wrong with you? And they're not wrong, by the way. They're not wrong, right? You can always... And then, of course, that feels bad, so you, you spin the gun around on them, right? And the Lord is like, I really want you to... I, I really want you to... Um, I want to change your heart about the people who've ghosted you. And I'm like... But then I was like, you know what? I feel healed there. I'm okay. Yes, Lord, I will do that. And I began to reach out to some people who ghosted me. And do you know what happened to my heart? Ah! I wasn't healed. I just wasn't actually dealing with them. Because you know what we do with the people we judge? We push away from ourselves. They're too scary. The people we judge, we're like, you don't get a voice in my life. You, you, you. But if I have a list of people I won't agree with God for, I will eventually end up on that same list, judged and condemned, unable to receive. And the Messiah will come into my life with the very breakthrough I've been waiting on him for. 
and I will throw him off a cliff. Or at very least, reject him. Every single one of us has a hit list. I'm sorry, I'm outing you. This is word of knowledge. No, it's not. It's just life. Every single one of us has a hit list of people in our life that we have. So, so um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay, we do, it, we do it in a PC way. We do it in a PC way. What are some PC ways that we make people give them no voice and no in our lives? Boundaries. Boundaries, okay, okay, but we, oh, boundaries. What are the ways we label them? Space, space. Well, like, what are the labels we put on people? What's that? Toxic. Okay. Abusive. Judgmental. I'm just going to say crazy. Crazy. Those, those people be crazy. In, in, mean, inconsiderate. C- controlling. Unsafe. Okay, let's stop here before we all go to hell. All right. Uh, unsafe and mean, insensitive. All right. Okay. All right. So I. So now that everybody's triggered, and we all have our list, I'm bringing it back. Masha's like, save us now. Save us now. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus was in the ultimate unsafe situation, wasn't he? I mean, I don't know about you. Your whole family decides to have a barbecue and you're on the menu, right? Literally, they're like, let's kill Jesus. That's a good after church event. Sunday after Saturday afternoon event. Is that unsafe? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm like, what? You know what Jesus does? It says he just walked off. So stay with me. I want to insert a, just a sliver of disbelief, a, a disbelief of hope, a sliver of hope. Stay with me. I would submit that when we become the dictators of what is safe and unsafe in our lives, we actually push the boundaries way, 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 way beyond where God will protect. I'm not saying stay in abusive relationships. Stay with me. What I'm saying is, when I say, oh, I don't do that. I don't go there. I don't talk with them. I ba 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 God's like, oh, I guess I can't tell you anything. Who led Jesus to go to Nazareth? The Spirit. God led him there. Who led Paul to go to Philippi? Actually says, I saw a man from Macedonia calling me in a dream to go there. He gets there and he gets thrown in prison. No. And the gospel explodes throughout that region. When I am the arbiter of what is safe in my life, I will live in an ever smaller and smaller world, ever and smaller and smaller group of people. I don't deal with them. I don't talk to them. I don't. So here's my question. Do you want to get free of that ever-tightening circle? Do you want to be open to receive the breakthrough wherever it might come? Is it, is it worth it? It's a really expensive, this is a very expensive proposition, by the way. 
But let me flip it. Do you want to be set free from the limits of other people's judgment, the limits of your own judgments on yourself? Do you want to be set free to be different and to be changed? Do you want to be free to have relationships? Can you have relationships with people when you're terrified of them? Not really. Even if you're talking to them, there's a wall. But you know what? The one thing every one of us is created for How do I know? Because Adam was alone in the garden. God said it's not good. It's the only thing God created that he said is not good. Yeah? How do you commune with people who are actively hurting and So one of disciples of Jesus was who? Here's here's the amazing thing. This is the amazing thing. This is, I thank you, Artie. That is the question. How do I commune, have relationship with people who are let me let, actively hurting. Let's just go for imperfect because imperfect people hurt, don't they? Right? Anybody here been hurt accidentally, but you took it as on purpose? All of us, right? So, so watch what happens. Jesus said, he who attempts to save his life will lose it. So watch what happens. I'm literally walking this out right now. So if I seem a little raw, it's because I'm literally walking this out and it's really scary, but it's worth it. It's really scary, but it's worth it. I want, if I want relationship with you, I have to let God be my defender. I have to be God to be my protector. So what does that look like? You do something towards me that seems scary, seems like triggers me. Let's just say that. And when I get triggered, what do I do? What do I do? Not you. What do I do when I'm triggered? I go on the defensive. What? Retreat. High fight or flight, right? So, which means I'm my best self, right? Right? So, but I'm no longer me in that moment. I'm terrified. So what do I do? Jesus, they said this. Jesus, they did this. I go to Jesus with what they said, what they did, or what I thought they said, or what I thought they did, right? Because I'm really good at figuring out what they think. It's kind of a gift. And I go, I say, Jesus, this is what they did. What do you want me to know about this? Why? Because I'm not the arbiter. I am not the source of truth. I am unable to discern what's happening in other people's hearts. I'm unable to figure things out. And all my attempts to protect bring me to a smaller and smaller place. More and more paranoid, more and more freaked out, more and more alone. And I don't know, I did this men's weekend. I, I experimented with living in relationship with guys. I liked it. I liked it. I want to show up. So I don't want to retreat. I want relationship. So God, this is what they said. What do you want me to know? So I'll give you an example. I reached out to someone. They came back with a, what felt like a passive aggressive response. And I got totally triggered. Right? And I began to call down fire on them. No? No? They are this, they are that, they are this. Right? I recited. And God goes, well, how's that working for you? Not good. My heart is really messed up right now. I can't think about anything else, and they don't even know I'm thinking about them. And he goes, well, what do you, ask me, what do you want me to know? God goes, First of all, he said, let it go. Second, he said, bless them. 
But since I'm already kind of an expert at how screwed up you can get when you're judging other people, I knew how that ended. So I was like, okay. And you know, instantly he set my heart free from the terror. Instantly. He set me free from the pain. Instantly. What do you want me to know about this God? And what do you want me to do? I will not be the arbiter. So I want to come back to this. Many people came to Jesus over and over again, and they got what they came to him for. But only those who embraced him as Messiah and Lord got what he came for. You and I, if we just go to God like he's a vending machine, we'll only ever get what we think we need, what we think we want. But if we will make him Lord and say, not my will, but yours be done. You, what do you say? What do you want me to do? Then, then he will deliver me from all my fears. Then he will set me free from the pain, from the fear. And he will, then he will set me free for what he came for, that I might be one with you and you with me, that even as he and the father are one. So here's my question. This is my challenge to all of us. And like I said, this is my repentance. Please do not hear me in any way. I'm, if anything, I'm twice the sinner you are. Not, not to brag. But my question is, if all of our pain, all of our judgment, all of our self-protection has brought us to a place we do not like, are you and I willing to say to Jesus... I'm done. I can't protect myself. I can't show up in relationship. I can't. It's not working. God, what do you want me to know about this person? What do you want me to know about this situation? And what do you want me to do? And let God lead me out into life. If we have the worship team come, this is the way to real honor. Real honor is not hiding our brokenness but knowing that our brokenness doesn't define who we are. What defines us is what he says who we are. If we could stand. Father, I thank you because you have called us to live as mirrors to each other, but mirrors that call out what you say about them, not what our fears say. Not what the accuser of the brethren says, but what you say about them. That we get to be mirrors of what you say over each other. And then we will be one. I feel like so many of us are blocked in where we want to be and, and stuck in a in cycles because we have judged our parents and we have judged our leaders and I feel like right now there's an invitation to release to release our parents I feel like there is literally cycles of abuse and cycles of addiction that we have stepped into our life and we have said I will never be like this I will never be like that I will never do this and we are doing exactly that and right now it's time to repent and release just Jesus I repent for judging my parents just do it with me right now for judging my parents ah just whatever you have judged them for just say Jesus I release them I release them. I forgive them for not being perfect. Ah, I forgive them. Just start forgiving them actively right now. Wherever you have judged them, 
wherever you are seen in your life a disconnect, wherever there has been a breaking point in your own life, I see how I've judged my father for passivity and a lot of times I will then be passive. I just repent for judging my father for passivity. I just whatever your things are, I just whatever you have judged them for in your heart of hearts, just start repenting right now and start releasing right now because the judgment has literally blocked the flow of life. The judgment has literally blocked the flow of life. Some of us have been like heard in church like 40 years ago and we're still holding on to it and it has blocked. It has blocked. Some of you have been like even hurt by us and it has it has blocked the flow of life. Just release right now. Release right now. Forgive. Just as leaders, as mothers and fathers, I just stand right now and just repent for any way that we have hurt. Just we are not perfect. Just start releasing that perfection. Just start releasing the judgment right now because it will literally block the flow of heaven. It will block the flow of what Jesus wants. If we, if we judge and do not release those who we're called to honor. So just be active in it right now. Just, just release right now. Just release right now. Release right now. I know it's scary. But just ask Jesus, can you protect me if I release, if I release this judgment, if I release my parents, if I release my wife or my husband from judgment? Jesus, can you protect me? Can you protect me? Can you protect me, Jesus? Jesus, I repent. Jesus, let that flow of life, let that flow of life start happening where there's been judgment where we've been stuck for just so long. I just, I just speak life right now. I just speak life right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I just see addiction breaking off right now, abuse breaking off right now. As you release, as you release right now, as you release judgment, those things that have been like insurmountable, just breaking off right now. Huh? This word she said about perfection, I realize in my own heart so often, it's like, if you're not perfect, I can't follow you or you can't pour into my life. And, and God, I renounce the lie that only perfect people are safe. Only perfect people are okay. I renounce the lie that only perfect people have anything to give me. Lord, forgive me for that. I give it to you. And I say, God, if your voice comes through a donkey, I will listen. Lord, if your voice comes through a little child like Naaman the Syrian, I will listen. If your voice comes through just who, through whomever, I will listen. I will make myself vulnerable to your voice, no matter the source, because it comes from you. And parents, I feel like it's important to release our children from judgment and not stumble of who they are not yet. Just release them right now. Just start releasing them right now. Jesus, I just forgive them for not being the fullness, if walking in the fullness yet, for just maturing, for being immature. I just release, just start releasing them from judgment right now. Just start releasing them from judgment right now. Because the flow of life cannot happen where there is judgment. Jesus, we bless our children. We release them from judgment. We release them from the word curses we have spoken over them. We just release them to be, to walk in the fullness of what you have for them, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that they're amazing. We just break off 
all the labels of prodigals or whatever labels we have put on them. But I also feel like there are those of us who need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus for being imperfect parents, imperfect leaders, imperfect bosses, and thinking that that disqualifies us. Your qualification comes from the Lord, not from you. But as we repent, as we say, God, not my will, but yours be done. I, I want to belly back up to the bar of leadership because not because I'm worthy, but because you are worthy. That because the people in my life need me to walk in that leadership as a mother or father or boss, whatever. And Lord, I say, yes, I will not let what I have done or other people disqualify me. But what you say about me be true. And because so. Jesus, we thank you that your blood is speaking a better word over us. That your blood is speaking a better word. That your blood is restoring us to our right position in the kingdom. That your blood is restoring us. That it's breaking off all the barriers. We honor you, Jesus. Jesus, forgive us in any place where we have judged you or misjudged you. Or have taken you just as my friend. As, a, as someone who just fulfills my every wish. But we have not related to you, to you as our Lord and Savior. And we just repent for that right now. Just if that's you right now. If you see an area where you have not just related to him as Lord. Just repent right now. Just say, Jesus, I just repent. We've talked about this before, but repentance looks like something. It, it, there's action. God, what do you want me to know? But then what do you want me to do? And I feel like several of us, we're actually already, he's quickening us with what to do. Grab on to that to do. It's going to be a, a small, a practical step. Grab on to that. If you haven't gotten that yet, say, God, show me what that practical step is. Lord, I will trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you to be my protection, to be my deliverer, to be the restorer of all things. Lord, I will trust you and I will be obedient. If we can have the ministry teams come up, we will stay and pray. I feel like this is the time. This altar is open after the service for as long as needed. If you need just to, to come and just do serious business with the Lord and just pray it through and just give Him judgments and just rearrange your heart and rearrange your mind, this space is open. Just come, come and just um, lay it all down on the altar. Jesus, we just... Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just ask you to continue this deep work in us throughout the week. We just give you the invitation. We give you the authority. We just invite you to come and change our hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If Jesus has been doing deep stuff in your hearts, share it with someone. Share it with someone what he's told you to do. Do not leave without following through or actually go and do it right away. Write it down right now and then go do it. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.